Well, it's my privilege to welcome everybody to this special service of baptism this morning. We have five people who will be baptized, and we'll meet them, and we'll hear some of their story a little bit later on in the service before the actual baptism takes place. So if you've come as a friend or family member of those who are being baptized, you're particularly welcome. We're glad you're here. And uh, what we're going to try to do for the sake of anybody who's not seen baptism like this before is we'll explain things as we go along and hope that everybody will understand then what's going on and be able to feel a part of the whole service. One or two things to uh, announce. Uh, during the service today, we're going to say goodbye to the children during our second song as they go to their groups. And then we're going to invite them back in to see the baptisms, which will be towards the end of the service. So those who are looking after the kids this morning, you need to have heard what I've just said, or we might be in interesting trouble. Spectrum, however, are going to stay with us during the whole of the service. So if you're part of Spectrum, stay with us the whole time. But Graham Patey would like to meet Spectrum in number seven at uh, the end of the service. There's a notice sheet that some of you will have received on the way in that tells you about our activities uh, this week and uh, ongoing. Others of us can find that information out on the church website. And uh, I'm going to pray for us now as we prepare to worship God and just ask that God will settle our hearts and make himself known to each one of us as we worship here this morning. So let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this exciting morning of baptism. We thank you that every Sunday is an exciting time when we remember the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and we come here to worship you in his presence in the power of the Holy Spirit. But on a baptismal service day, we thank you particularly for five people who want to testify to their faith in Jesus and uh, nail their colors to the Master's followers of him. I just pray, Father, for them that you would calm their hearts as they start to uh, get ready to give their testimony and to be baptized. We pray, Father, too, that you will be with each one of us, especially any for whom this is an unusual occurrence. We pray, Father, that you will help us to feel engaged with what's going on. And I ask that every person here this morning might have some sense of your presence, the presence of the living God, and that each one of us will be changed as a result of being here. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing two worship songs in the next few minutes. During the first song, we're going to take up our offering, which is something we do each week. If you're visiting, don't feel obliged to contribute to the offering this morning, but it's a good time for us to do it before the children and their helpers leave. So we're going to take up an offering during the first song. During the second song, that will be the time for the children to go through their groups through the back and upstairs. So why don't we stand together as Arlene leads us now in worship.
Father, Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. Just thank you for your presence. Thank you that when we meet together, you come. Thank you. Well, in welcoming everybody to the service uh, earlier on, there's one person we need to give a special welcome today because he's been uh, out of action for a few weeks. But today, Graham, our senior leader, is back in action. He's been... He's been discovering how much you need your left hand as well as your right hand, although he's using his left hand to adjust his glasses as we speak. So, Craig, I'm going to pray for you, and then you bring us what uh, God has laid on your heart to share with us today. 
Our Heavenly Father, thank you for Graham. Uh, thank you that you're restoring him after his accident. And thank you for all that you've uh, put into his heart and his mind to share with us this morning. We pray that you will be with him as he speaks and that you will help us in our understanding. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. It's, it's nice to be here. I'm standing here as the object lesson in um, don't give stupid people sharp objects. That's, that's frankly something you need to remember. So those of you who have the care or um, responsibility for the terminally clumsy, keep them away from things which are sharp and are likely to harm them, or this is what happens. So Arlene, you let me down. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, it, it's nice to be here again. It's nice to be anywhere again. Um, and, uh, thank you and welcome. Good to see you. Um, so we're going to do um, three jobs in one today. Because this is the 4th of September, and I am, um, I don't know whether I'm pleased or sorry to say that all the children go back to school uh, and all of that starts again. We're starting a new teaching season, and we're going to be looking for a while in this church each Sunday morning at the Gospel of Matthew. So we're going to do a bit of introduction to that and talk about the first passage. And also, as John said, we're going to talk a little bit about what baptism is. So we're going to join all of that together. And what we're going to start with is reading little patches from the, the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew. Gospel of Matthew starts with a genealogy, and we're not going to go through all of it, but we will talk a little bit about it. So Matthew chapter 1, it's all behind you. Uh, and verse 1 starts with this, a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah, and his brothers. Then we're going to nip down a little bit and look at verse um, 3, or verse 5, sorry. Solomon was the father of Boaz, the mother of Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of King David. And then we're going to nip down again because you don't need to remember all these names. And we're going to read um, at verse um, 15. Eliad was the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar was the father of Nathan, and Nathan was the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. Thus, there were 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, which we'll talk about in a minute, and 14 from the exile to the Christ. So that's, that's just a little bit about the genealogy which is there. Thanks, Andy. So, Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, this is, a, this is the very beginning of what we in the Bible call the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew. Now, Matthew wasn't the first gospel to be written, but it was written by the Apostle Matthew, and the likelihood it was written around about AD 60 to 64. Now, one of the remarkable things about the Bible is the Bible is incredibly reliable. Don't believe the websites that tell you that it's not, because it is. In fact, there is more evidence for the life and ministry of Jesus Christ 
than there is for the existence of Julius Caesar. There is more reliable documentary evidence for what went on during the life of Jesus than there is reliable evidence of what went on during the Crusades. This is a very reliable document, and we know a lot about it. We know that Matthew's Gospel was written round about AD 60 to 64, when the two apostles, Peter and Paul, were both in Rome. Uh, we know that, and both of them were executed in Rome. It isn't the youngest. Some of the narrative is based on the model which was written in the Gospel of Mark, but also included is a piece of writing that Matthew did before. He wrote a document sometime earlier which documented all the sayings of Jesus. Now, some old Bibles have the sayings of Jesus in red writing, and Matthew wrote a version of that, and he wrote it probably for the Jewish church that was around Jerusalem and the influence around there at that time. Now, the reason that he wrote it, though, was this. There was some question among a lot of Jewish people that Jesus was the promised Messiah. And there was some dispute about whether, in fact, the Old Testament, which we'll talk about in a little second, actually said that Jesus was the Messiah. And so Matthew expanded his series of this is what Jesus said to a whole narrative, which is the story of Jesus, showing that the Old Testament, the Old Jewish Testament, showed that Jesus was the Messiah. And that's an exciting thing, and we're going to spend some time as a church looking at that over a period of time. But Jesus' life is an episode in a bigger story, a much bigger story. Now, it's true it's the most important episode, and it's the part in which the whole plan comes together. But the big story is the story of God's plan for human beings. And this is the interesting thing. It's in the beginning, God made the world perfect. And he made his pinnacle creation, which is humankind. But, as you know, we broke faith with God, and we progressively broke our world and broke ourselves. And we know our failings, but often we don't like to take responsibility for them. And that's why we end up with amazing questions, questions that always amaze me, like, why does God allow suffering? Now, I just want to talk about that for just a second. Do you know what Lego is? Do you know what Lego is? Yes? Little blocks and you build. So, why does God allow works like this? Because remember, we live with this ferocious sense of self-determination. We are very, very potent about protecting our freedom of choice. So, when we make the choices that mean other people suffer, apparently this is God's fault. And that's just like Lego. That's like a child who builds something with Lego and then afterwards says, my Lego toy is broken and it's your fault. So, the parent says, well, you broke it. And the child says, yes, but you gave me the Lego, so it's your fault. Now, we have to think about this. But here the story as it unfolds, this is the whole Bible story as it unfolds, it says that God didn't leave us humankind to our destruction. He set his laws to show justice and mercy, but also to show how incapable we are of keeping to them. 
not to taunt us or to toy with us, because God doesn't condemn the world. We condemn ourselves. Anyway, back to Matthew. As you've seen, for Jewish people, genealogy was really important. It really mattered. Who you were and where you came from was important. It had always been important, but it was particularly important for the people of Israel because during a time in their history, the entire country, all the people had been removed and placed, scattered around in the Babylonian Empire. So that would be like somebody invading Britain, taking all of you and moving you to different parts of the world. So when that exile ended, who was really part of the nation and who wasn't was something that was determined by genealogy. It became very important. Now, I know in our country, lots of people think about genealogy, and they study, and they want to know where they came from, and it gives them a sense of who they are. Exactly the same. But in Jewish times, particularly Jesus' times, genealogy didn't just determine your uh, ability um, to take up titles such as royalty and nobility in our country. It had a lot more influence. So who served at the temple? Who was allowed to speak in the synagogue? Who you could and couldn't marry? It determined inheriting property or not. And it gave you prominence in the town. And your genealogy wasn't just something that gave men prominence. It also gave women prominence and influence, which is why in this genealogy that we read, some women are mentioned as well, because this was not a sexist thing. It mattered who you were. So Matthew writes the story of Jesus, and he starts with this. He says, Jesus is the Messiah because Abraham was promised. We read in Genesis, at the very first book of the Bible, it says, way back, God promised the patriarch Abraham. He said, your offspring, through your offspring, all the nations of the world will be blessed. All of them, Genesis 22. So Abraham passes from an old pagan life into a new one. He goes from old to new. From Abraham comes Moses. You've heard of Moses. Moses was the one who led this ragtag nation of slaves out of Egypt through the Red Sea into the Promised Land. And the passing through the Red Sea, has been a movie recently about the, the Jewish nation passing through the Red Sea. That's a symbol of baptism, passing through from slavery to freedom. So Abraham's from old to new. The children of Israel going through the, the Red Sea is from slavery to freedom. Now during this time, God gives the law, but the people don't keep it. They don't like it. They feel that they want to be like everybody else, and so they keep breaking it. Eventually, God gives them a king, King David, and he promises David something. He says, through your descendants, there'll be an everlasting throne. But that isn't David's. His kingdom doesn't last. Like we said, the nation, because of their disobedience, goes into exile. But God restores them. So they return from exile to home. So Abraham, old to new. Moses, slavery to freedom. Babylon, exile to home. And then through Abraham, through David comes Jesus. 
And Jesus won't cancel the law, he'll fulfill it. <clears throat> he won't be destroyed by sin, he'll overcome it. And he will face death and defeat it, not for his sake, but for ours. So he goes from death to life. So Matthew wants to tell the Jews the story. And he wants to tell them that Jesus is the promised Messiah, that everything foretold is now here. His birth is the pinnacle of the lineage. His life is the revelation of Scripture. His death is the completion of the law. And his resurrection is the fulfillment of the promise. And that's the story. And that's our message today. God's promise is complete in every detail. The plan is a perfect plan. Jesus forgives our sin through his death and resurrection, and we pass from old to new, from slavery from free to freedom, from exile to home, from death to life. And that's what we're going to symbolize in baptism today, as Christians have done since Jesus commanded that we do. Andy, you're on. So, from... I want you to think about this. From the days of Oliver Cromwell, a Bridge North Baptist communi community has been baptizing in this way. On this site, since 1704, we've been baptizing. Our practice is that we baptize someone who decides for themselves to become a Christian by putting their faith in Jesus Christ repenting of their sins and acknowledging him as Jesus is Lord of all for not just all but for their lives personally. The Apostle Paul tells us in the book of Romans um, chapter 10 verses 9 and 10, if we confess with our sins, if we confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we're saved because belief in our heart comes from the faith that is God's gift. And we confess to acknowledge that we've given ourselves to him. So baptism symbolizes three things. And it symbolizes three things. It's a symbol of being born into spiritual new life from spiritual death. It's a personal confession, and you're going to hear that, that we need to repent of our sins and receive forgiveness. And it's a public witness, which you're here to do, that we are now associated with Jesus, who's our Lord and Savior. So, symbolically, we go down into the water, which is like death or the grave, and we come up into a new life belonging to Jesus. The person being baptized according to Scripture confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord in front of witnesses. You are the witnesses of this testimony. You are witnesses to their obedience to Scripture, to the reality that they have publicly committed to follow Jesus. And even if you don't agree, please respect that these are people who have the courage of their convictions and don't think that it doesn't take courage to do this. This is a symbol. Baptism doesn't make you a Christian. Your faith in Jesus to forgive your sins opens the door. Your repentance means you are forgiven. By acknowledging Jesus as Lord, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. We are transformed from old to new, from slavery to freedom, 
from exile to home, from death to life. We are a new creation by the grace of God. And if you want this, if you want to move on in your journey, if you want that, then let us pray with you today. The door is open today. Today we can do that. If you don't know Jesus, you want to meet him, we're happy to pray with you, and you can do that today. If you have hearts which need prayer, we're happy to do that. If you feel that you're in bondage to someone or something, we're happy for that. We will pray with you that you might have freedom. If you feel you just need to move on to something new, it's our privilege to pray with you. So let us pray with you, and let's pray together now, shall we? Our Father, we thank you that you have a perfect plan, that you did not abandon us to our own devices, that this life is just a passing stage and that eternal life is available where we will be free from our failings, from our faults, from our flaws, that we can put our trust in you and that you can lead us to something new through forgiveness and new creation in Jesus. Lord, just let your truth fill us in Jesus' name. Amen.
lift with the mountains. If faith can move the mountains, let the mountains move. We come with expectation, waiting here for you. If faith, if faith can move the mountains, let the mountains move. We come with expectation.
Well, it's time now for us to meet the five people who are going to be baptized today. And uh, each of them is going to share something of their faith story with us. And then a little later on, they will be baptized. Sometimes when people are giving their testimony, which is what we call the faith story, the account of the way in which Jesus has entered their life and the reason why they're being baptized today, sometimes people feel they have a word from God that they'd like to share with that individual. What we'd like you to do today, if God speaks to you in that way, either during the baptisms or during the testimonies, is to write it down with the name of the person on the piece of paper and to hand it to them at the end of the service. Sarah, one of the candidates, has made that easy for you because she's brought along a book with a pen, which we're going to leave in the, uh, the back hall on a table when it's coffee time. And if you'd like to write some greetings to Sarah, uh, or something that you believe God has said for Sarah during the service, then write it in that book. Uh, for the others, there will be paper and pens there. And uh, we just like you, if God has said something, or you want to give a special greeting to an individual, to write it down and to leave it with that person's name on or give it to them direct after the service. Service is such today with five people being baptized that we, we don't have time actually for spoken out loud contributions from the body. So I'm going to introduce the five people. I'm going to ask them to come. There's five seats there. I don't think that was planned. Well, that's amazing. Five seats, five people. And uh, what I'm going to do is introduce them in alphabetical order of their first names. On the little sheet you've had, it's alphabetical order of their surnames. But uh, just a little bit of sneaky here. So Amanda, you're the first. If you uh, like to come and sit on one of those seats, and then Cameron. Uh, you're the next one, and uh, you give each other some moral support by doing this, by sitting here together as each one shares, and then Linda, would you like to come, and then Sarah, and then uh, Tony. And uh, I'm going to play a, a particularly interesting role during the testimonies. I am going to be the microphone stand for each of these people, uh, and that, that means if they say too much, I can take the microphone away. It also, that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. I, I can also put a reassuring hand on a shoulder if that's necessary. So, Amanda Butwell, come and tell us your faith story. Bless you. Thank you. Um, my testimony. Um, I first came to this building on Easter Sunday, 2015. The circumstances which brought me here were, I know now, not a coincidence. Having decided to move to the area, we were originally going to move to Budley, however, we decided to move to Bridge North rather late in the day. I found the move traumatic. I felt lost, unsettled and in need. I was afraid, had no purpose, was full of fear and very unhappy. Reading the local paper, there was a list of services for all the Bridge North churches, and on the opposite page, a prayer by Steve Durges. That was when I decided where I would be on Easter Sunday. I cried as I came through the doors. Wendy Swallow was quickly to hand. No questions, just a presence. She kindly led me to a seat next to Sarah Spilsbury. Another coincidence. We are here again together today. Okay. 
My life after that day began to change. I could see light. My new extended family, the church, became increasingly more prevalent in my life. I did the Alpha course with Ro and Don to learn more, learning that all these wonderful changes that were happening was the sign that I had indeed been saved. Believe to understand rings in my ears. Every day there are new opportunities to live my life as God would want me to. I took part in Freedom in Christ with dear Wendy and Dave, finally digging deep, confessing old sin, releasing shackles and chains holding me back. Wow, what a relief that was. I had sinned, repented, was forgiven and accepted. Jesus Christ is my salvation. Bless you. What a story. Thank you, Amanda. Cameron, would you like to come and join me? Unravel your piece of paper. I've been going to church all my life. I accepted Jesus five years ago after going to Refresh because he made me feel safe and happy. I want to take the next step on my journey through life with Jesus and him for, to be my friend forever. Thank you very much. God bless you. So, Linda, Linda's got about 25 pages written. No, just two, just two. You wish, you wish she might speak one day. My life, my Jesus. When I left home, I had no faith, no hope, no feelings, no life. It just felt as if I was being abandoned for being a child with a learning disability. As it felt at the time, I just felt that I was not wanted anymore by my mum and dad. It was no laughing matter at the time. It was also very heartbreaking. I just kept saying to myself, why on earth was I born for in the first place? Is there a life for me on earth? Coming from a non-Christian family, I did not think so at the time. Then when I was seven years old, I went to Lingfield Hospital School. It was a special school down in Surrey for the disabled children at the time because there was no special schools around anywhere else. Then this Sunday morning, our house mother said, we are all going to church this morning. And I said to her, I don't want to go to church today. And she said to me, you are going to church, whether you like it or not. So after that service, the vicar came up to me and said hello. I was very nervous about shaking his hand. I just looked at him and said nothing. The first hymn I learned was, Jesus loves me, this I know. The second hymn, loving shepherd of thy sheep. And the third hymn was, all things bright and beautiful. 
And when I came out of church, I felt that God had spoken to me. It was only a matter of time before I would put my trust in him, but it took about six months before I did. Then after that, things started to change, and Miss Proud could see a difference in me as time went on. We had scripture union three times a week, on a Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. It was then that Mr. Bradshaw asked me to read from the Bible, and then he made up a church choir, and he picked me to join the choir. Then it felt as if I had found a family who loved me, Jesus came into my life as I opened my heart to him. And I have always been glad that I did go to church in the end. I do not have no regrets about it. I will keep on learning about Jesus all I can. And I hope that one day I can stand up in church and do a sermon just to show Jesus how very thankful I am to him and for what I learn about him is the truth and nothing but the truth. Amen. And Sarah, would you come and join me now? Okay. I had always wanted a stronger faith, particularly at difficult times in my life. After all, isn't the one question that people ask is, if there is a God, why is there so much suffering in the world? Which we've heard already. <laughs> um, I then came to the conclusion, approximately two years ago, maybe longer, that I must do something about it. I was determined, determined and on a mission. My son, Oliver, <laughs> used to come to Bridge North Baptist Church on occasions <laughs> and attended sports night, Urban Saints, and so I thought, where better place to start? <laughs> Should I not find what I'm looking for, then I can always try another church. <laughs> My first visit to BBC, Bridge North Baptist Church, was very emotional. I was basically a blubbering wreck, a bit like today. <laughs> This was to follow for quite a few weeks. However, I had found the right church with the most welcoming and approachable people. Several people prayed with and for me, and I thanked them for that. It felt like home. Within a few weeks of the start of my journey with God, Donovan and Roe ran an Alpha course, and that was also most timely for me. I was still looking for answers to many questions, but I was still absolutely determined to not give up. Alpha was most enlightening and enjoyable, answering some of my many questions. Again, my Alpha group were great, sharing their testimonies, explaining things in a way to help me understand my own life and where it was leading me. I had always thought that by being a good person, you did not have to attend church to believe that you were a Christian. How wrong was I? I now fully understand that to praise and worship is a fundamental part of my new Christian life and my journey with Jesus. I then visited the Fensom's home to share and discuss just ten, which really embedded the Ten Commandments in my mind in an easy-to-understand manner, delivered in a way related to modern living today. 
My next chapter was to attend the Freedom in Christ course, which Wendy led and Ave kindly attended and Jude Bristow also came within the last few months. This was the real turning point for me. It was during this time that I can say I became a Christian. I could now see how God is my constant and will never fail me. I feel that I'm a better person, calmer, more understanding. I feel that I've changed perhaps in a subtle way that may not be noticeable to some people, however my family may have. I want to thank Regional Baptist Church and some of the very special people here who have helped me on my journey so far and will continue to do so. God bless all. <laughs> and this is Tony Gathercall. Yeah. I, I split up with my girlfriend then I met a, a friend, an old friend. I can, for, for oh, I come from a non-Christian family, and I know no confidence, no hope, no life at the time. Then I met up with Linda. She changed my all that life. Behold, me, 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 brought me to Jesus and have more of a Christ lived life. I need to learn more about Jesus and I hope to join a Baptist study more and listening to people church when they talk about talk be at the Baptist church is the first time step for to four wards. Okay. Well done, Tony. Thanks. Well done, guys. That's that's the hard bit. Being, being baptised is the easy bit. Okay, so you all, you all did great. Did you notice some common threads running through the Alpha course was mentioned a few times? That's a course that uh, we run from time to time and uh, I'm sure there will be one starting sometime in the near future. If you don't know anything about the Alpha course and would like to, if you were to Google Burr Grills Alpha, there's a video with Burr Grills talking about the most exciting adventure of his life, which is trusting Jesus Christ. So that's on online from this week, and it would give you a taste of what Alpha's about. Also, Freedom in Christ mentioned, I think, in two, and that's a course that's run here too, that a lot of people have been through and would say really, really helped them. And then wasn't that exciting to hear that Linda brought Tony to faith in Jesus? So... God's good, and he's done great things in these people's lives and will continue to do so. I'm going to ask you to go back to your, your seats uh, just now, and then, then you'll come back one by one in a few moments' time for the baptism. But in preparation for the baptisms, we're going to uh, sing one more song together, and then after that song, uh, Graham will be ready to take us through the uh, baptismal part of our service. So why don't we all stand together and sing How Great Is Our God.
trembles at his voice and trembles at his voice how great is our god see with me how great is our god and all who see how great how great is our god and age to age he stands Please be seated. 
Okay, people, it's dunking time. Let's try that again. Okay, people, it's dunking time. That's better. Okay, this is where you get to see general members of the public becoming very, very wet, and it's exciting. Remember what the symbolism is on confession of Jesus, that people descend symbolically as though into the grave. The old person dies, and the new person comes up. It's exciting, and it's excellent. Each person is going to be baptized in turn. I'm going to invite Mark and Donovan to come and be the first two wet people, because um, they, they are the ones who ensure that not a dry spot remains on anybody. Um, but yes. Yes. If the children want to um, watch, they can come near the Well, will you supervise that? Yeah, well, if their parents right. are okay with that. Okay, so if, um, if there are any children who can't see and their parents want to bring them up to the front, this would probably be the best side to come with, with a parent, please, uh, and some water wings, maybe. Um, good. Okay, so Donovan and Mark have been firmly instructed, by the way, that if the water is freezing cold, they have to cover it up and say that it's really warm. But don't be in any way nervous at all. So this is a confessional um, as well as a symbolic opportunity. So when each person comes into the water, I'm going to ask them a series of questions and they are going to answer and this is their confession and on those answers we will baptize. Now, there are, there's somebody to hold each person's towel. So if you're a towel holder, can I ask you to take your towel now and stand over where uh, Mark and Ruth are ready to gather in the person that you are assisting. Excellent. You, you can actually take a seat because you can be called up one at a time and you'll know when it's your, you'll know when it's your person, so you'll be fine there. Excellent. Good, good, good. So that's all there is to it. So we're going to invite candidate number one, who is Amanda, coming up. As Amanda comes up, let me just ask you, first of all, to give her a big welcome. Welcome, Amanda. So as, come on through, climb in. As Amanda's getting in, as each person comes out of the baptismal, each individual who's been baptized has chosen a song that they feel is particularly meaningful for them. And Arlene uh, and the band will, will sing that song. The words will come up so you can join in if you like. And as they come out, Donovan will pray for each candidate uh, just quietly uh, that they receive a new and, and fuller presence of the Holy Spirit, that they are filled with the Holy Spirit in a new way before they then are gathered up by their towel holder. So Amanda's towel holder, are you ready, Eve? Okay, Amanda, you've got no microphone, so you've got to shout. Are you ready to shout your answers? Yes? Ready. So, do you believe in the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Do you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, whom God raised from the dead? Yes. Have you confessed and repented of your sin and accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. 
Will you commit to live as a disciple of Jesus Christ? Therefore, at your request and in obedience with Scripture, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fantastic. Cameron. Let's welcome Cameron. Is Cameron's towel holder available? Oh, here we go. Excellent. Welcome, Cameron. Excellent. So, Cameron, do you believe in the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Do you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, whom God raised from the dead? Have you confessed and repented of your sin and accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Will you commit to live as a disciple of Jesus Christ? Therefore, Cameron, at your request and in obedience with Scripture, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Thank you. Linda, you're up. Oops. <laughs> Put your glasses back on, you'll be all right. All right, okay. There we go. Next one. There's another one. And there's one after that. That's it. There you go. Let's welcome Linda. <laughs> right. Okay, Linda. Do you believe in the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, whom God raised from the dead? I do. Have you confessed and repented of your sin and accepted Jesus as your personal Savior? I have. Will you commit to live as a disciple of Jesus Christ? Therefore, at your request and in obedience with Scripture, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well done, Linda. Sarah, Sarah, you're up. Eve, if you just guide Linda to the changing rooms, thanks. All right, that's all good. Sarah, do you believe in the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, whom God raised from the dead? I do. Have you confessed and repented of your sin and accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? I have. Will you commit to live as a disciple of Jesus Christ? I will. Therefore, at your request, and in obedience with the Scriptures, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Let's welcome Tony. Good, good, good. Tony, do you believe in the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, whom God raised from the dead? Have you confessed and repented of your sin and accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Will you commit to live as a disciple of Jesus Christ? Therefore, in obedience with the Scriptures and at your request, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fantastic. Thank you, Mark. Any more? Yes, anybody else? We'll baptize you now if you want on the same confession. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you, Don. So, but be aware, we're a Baptist church. We can do this every day of the week, genuinely. If you want to meet Jesus, let us pray with you. You too can receive Jesus, be baptized, and start a new life. There are so many people here who've done that. Thank you. And it's been a real joy and a privilege to baptize those people. Amen.
before we sing our last song, um, <clears throat> just want to remind you that tonight has got refresh here at half past six. Will there be an extended time of worship and testimony? So please feel free to join us here tonight at half past six. It'll be a great, great time. and Jesus died that we meet here every Sunday to remember Jesus in his resurrection. It's because Jesus lived and he died that we've been baptizing people today. If you have questions, then we'd like to try and help you with those questions. If you're interested in the Alpha course, look out for information about that. That's an opportunity to ask all sorts of questions in an unthreatening atmosphere. If you'd like someone to pray with you today, then prayer is available. Perhaps you'd want somebody to pray with you so that you can become a Christian. Perhaps you've got things in your life that you want to be freed from. We can pray for that. Or perhaps there are some here who've been Christians for some time, and today God's spoken to you about believers' baptism. We'd be happy to pray with you about that also. So praying will take place at the front here, and hopefully by then it will be safe to walk on the floorboards and nobody will fall in. Just to repeat an announcement from the beginning for those who came in later, would the members of Spectrum meet with Graham Patey in number seven as soon as we finish? 
And for all of us, we're all invited for tea, coffee, juice, and I even saw biscuits there today in just a few moments' time. If you want to sign Sarah's book and write something in it, if you want to write uh, messages for any of the other candidates, then there are pieces of paper there and pens for you to do that. If God's spoken to you words to speak into their lives, it's important that you share that, and we're giving you the opportunity in written form for that. But right now, let's pray together God's blessing on us. As Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for what we've seen, for what we've heard, for what we've experienced, and we pray that we will leave this place now with your blessing, and that if there are things that you want us to remember, and if there are things that you want us to do as a result of being here, that you will help us not to let those things go. Bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen.